it just kind of builds that confidence a little bit. And then you do it again and then you do it again. And so you start to take on these little challenges that you know are going to kind of suck, but you know that when you got through it, that's something that most other guys wouldn't have done. And welcome back to another part train. Welcome aboard, guys. I am one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I've got my partner in crime, my other co-host, Matt Cermak, here with me. What's we up, just, Ev? We just talked some fitness. We talked golf, Diet. fitness, fitness in life, the mental game of fitness. Excellent. talked a lot of good stuff. But before we get to that with Jeff Pelzero, in case you're new, welcome aboard. Mm. Our sure. mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course because we believe if you can smile through bad golf you can smile through anything trust me sermon and i have lived it okay we interview yep. pj tour pros best-selling authors ceos mental coaches everyday golfers like you and me and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy help you get out of your own way to your lowest scores ever and enjoy the ride we want to make the mental game more relatable and accessible sir before we get to this episode with jeff pelizero quick word from our friends at Roback Activewear, okay? Yes. Our closets are filled with it, but we've got Black Friday, okay? We've got the holidays coming up. I don't know about you, sir, but when the holidays come around, sometimes it's hard to figure out what you wanna ask for. And really Roback is. is the perfect gift to receive or give. Why do you think it's the best gift to receive or give? What's your number it's one a, reason? It's just so versatile, Yeah. right? And it's so consistent. Right. Yeah. So they got a little bit of everything from activewear to golf wear. Um, and you can kind of just use it for everything. Yeah. So for those Black Friday shoppers out there, that's great if you like to do that and get up at three in the morning and go wait in line out in the cold. Go <laughs> ahead. But just remember, you got to get online for rollback because there's going to be some great Black Friday deals. Yeah. So, I mean, great, you know, great deals, new product. We're talking about layering on this show, Ev. It's yep. getting colder out there. So always a great holiday season for rollback. Yeah, the versatility think, really is, is key because it's rare to have something that is so stretchy, soft, and comfortable that you could wear on the golf course or on the couch or in a meeting or at a happy hour event, right? And so, um, guys, here's what you got to do. This is, a very, this is truly a limited time thing. We were just made aware of this yesterday. I don't even think Cermak knows this. Oh. Um, but rollback emailed us. And said, hey, for a very limited time, your link, which is normally 15% off, is going to be 20% off. And that's a Black Friday only thing. And we don't know how long that's going to last. So if you listen to this episode, don't fast forward. Click the show notes. Tap yes. through the, this episode. There will be a link at the bottom of the description. Tap that link. You'll get 20% off in the cart. Automatically, it gets taken off in the cart. So no promo codes, nothing. Done. And... In case you're like scrolling on Instagram and you forget, just tap on our bio there and you can also access your 20% off in our bio at the par train on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of them. We're growing every day. If you're not following us already, you might want to get with it. Okay. Um, thanks to Roback for all that they do Thank and you. for sponsoring this episode. Okay. So uh, we just had Jeff Pelizero on the podcast. And Jeff is a St. Louis guy like yours oh, truly. We love that. And he's one of Golf Digest's top 50 golf fitness professionals. He's the founder of 18 Strong, which is now a fitness mobile app. Um, and they help golfers like you and me get stronger. And he thinks strength is more important than flexibility, which not a lot of people talk about. He's also the author of The Golfer's Guide to a Bogey Proof Workout, which on the par train, also a great thing to hear. We love that, actually. And I thought this was a really great, unique conversation, sir, because we don't talk about fitness a lot, but we also talk about the mental parallels between fitness and golf, other sports and golf, what the best athletes are doing, what we're not. I think it's a really good thing, especially going into wintertime with holidays and some people might not be playing as much golf. Yeah. This is episodes coming at the perfect time. Yeah, absolutely. I think we covered a lot too, right? We talked about strength. We talked about cardio. We talked about diet on the course, talked about post-workout recovery, but uh, a lot of great parallels from Jeff. Um, and he's working with PGA tour players too, right? He's working with the average player. He's working with college players. He's working with PGA tour players. Um, Jeff's got a great way about him and, um, you know, really some really good tips um, for our listeners for that, you know, 
for that person who maybe can't get to the gym every day, but what are a couple things you can do? Or when you do get to the gym, how do you approach your workout, right? Or when you get to the course, how do you approach your diet for the course or your sleep? Um, a lot of great conversation, awesome episode. I'm really glad we did it, Ev, because fitness at the end of the day, it's very important, especially for yeah. this game. Even give a tip of what to do on a guy's trip with, when oh. you got a little bit more cocktails flowing. Too many transfusions. How do you recover? Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, well guys, definitely listen to the end. There's a lot of good nuggets in here. Thanks to Jeff for coming aboard. I think we might even go on his show, 18 strong, um, which is a great podcast as well. And so look out for that. Um, in case you guys have gotten any value from this show, um, we just ask one thing and that's to give us a review on Apple podcasts, maybe share it with a friend, give us a follow. Love that. Um, at the bar train. Maybe that's three things. I don't know. Maybe a coworker. Yeah. <laughs> um, love. But seriously, guys, all we want to do is help your mental game on and off the course and help you be a happier and better golfer. So um, if we've helped at all, definitely give us a review so other people can be inspired by your story. And um, no matter how you're hitting it, no matter what your weight is at or how your fitness is, uh, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Excited to welcome a fellow St. Louis native, Jeff Pelizero, aboard the train. Welcome aboard, Jeff. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. A couple of Midwest guys here. I love this. Yeah. A couple of Cardinal fans. Oh, so, even better. One we'll deal, fan. I got to deal with that, but good to have you, Jeff. Although, yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me, guys. Fun story for you. Speaking of Cardinal Cubs fans, this guy, Cermak, even though he's a Cubs fan, he did, even before we started doing this show, he did go to Bush Stadium one year with my buddy Ryan and got me a replica 2011 World Series ring at the game and Whoa. shipped it to me. That's so a friend. What a friend. That's a real friend. It's a yeah. great story. Yeah, there had to be there had to be a, some sort of a note in there that was not quite as friendly though. That's true. That's okay. very true. Even so, better friend. Jeff, <laughs> I've got a really fun hypothetical question to start today off. Okay. okay. Um, the first one is: Do you think John Daly? would have achieved more in golf if he worked out more? Or do you think Tiger Woods would have won more in golf if he worked out less? I want you to kind of unpack those two scenarios and decide which one do you think would have achieved even more success if they did either more or less fitness? That's a, that's a very, very interesting and intriguing question. I'm going to say... John Daly would have won. You're going to be surprised by my answer here okay. with me being the fitness guy, right? Um, I think John Daly would have won less because he would have hated every second of working out mm. and it would have kind of led him down the path of probably not loving the game of golf or, or playing as much and enjoying himself out there. You know, a guy like that, I think is very much a field player. He's, he's got kind of the natural athleticism. Um, but I think if, if he was doing something that he felt forced to do, which I think working out would, he would feel forced to do, um, that would have detracted from his, his love of the game from a purely physical standpoint. If we take away the mental side of all of that, I do think that there, there are definitely things that he would have been able to play, uh, longer would have been able to handle more tournaments. You know, obviously we see his body breaking down now. So his champions tour, uh, career is not going to be anything like Bernard Langer's or Phil's. I mean, the guy can, can't even walk a golf course anymore. Um, so in that respect, yes, I think from a purely physical standpoint, he would have, have won more, been able to play more, but I think from a mental standpoint, he's just, that's not something that's in his DNA. Right. Um, Tiger Woods, on the other hand. Um, yeah, I think he, we would have seen, there's so many different things that have gone wrong in Tiger's career. So many things, obviously they've gone very, very, Right. But um, so many things that have detracted the last, what, 10 years now from his game, um, the physical piece being part of it. I think if he would have done some things smarter, um, not necessarily worked out less, but worked out a little bit smarter, just some of the stories we hear about the you know, Navy SEALs training and the running and, and those kind of right. things. I think if maybe he would have been able to take a little bit more guidance from from some people back in the day on what he was doing, um, not necessarily the quantity of it. I mean, we think about the great bodies on the PGA Tour right now. 
I think about them all the time. <laughs> like the ideal. It's all Cermak the, talks about. That's kind of my life, right? Uh, the ideal like frames. DJ and JT come to mind a lot. Obviously, one's really tall and one's shorter, but they're both explosive, wiry. Do the, who comes to mind for you guys in terms of when you're trying to build that right body to be to have that longevity? I really think that DJ is kind of the the epitome of what, of what myself and and a lot of the the different guys and girls in in my side of the world of the golf world. Uh, he we kind of hold him as kind of the the standard, right? I think you know a guy like Kepka, um, who is a very athletic build. Uh, same same kind of a deal. Bryson DeChambeau, um, even before the whole bulking thing and everything, like the way that Bryson looks to me right now, where he's now trimmed back a little bit, he's got some size to yep. him. He's got some mass that I think is going to allow him to be pretty resilient from injuries. Um, a guy like JT, a guy like a Ricky Fowler, um, who are a little bit more wiry guys, I think it's going to be interesting to see them over the long haul, you know, with as, as hard as they are trying to swing, as much effort as they're putting into it, it'll be interesting to see them, you know, trying to keep up with some of these these longer guys. Obviously, JT's super long, right? But um, but he has to use every ounce that he has to get that kind of distance. Whereas a guy like DJ, I think he can he has more in the tank if he really has to get there. Um, and I think that some of those, those guys that are a little taller, have a little bit more to their frame, have a little bit more muscle mass, they're going to ultimately be a little bit more resilient to some of the injuries than some of the, the you know, I'd say thinner, um, more wiry is probably sure. not the greatest word, but that's. I think the only reason it. why I talked about JPT, because he's just more relatable. He's not 6'3 and, you know, right. 200, like, you know, he's just like a, how most people are, you know, we could talk about Rory a little bit too, because he's only 5'8, five, 5'9. Um, DJ is just like a freak, right? And yeah. it's hard to even think about how he plays. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, for, if we're looking at the guys on tour, you're right. The, I mean, we have to hold them at a different standard than, you know, the, the everyday guy that's going out and playing. I mean, you know, I, uh, most of the guys that, that come into our facility here or that, that I work with are, are a lot of our online guys or people just in our, what we call our crew, um, our regular dudes that, you know, if, if you could be five, nine to six, one and be, you know, like, let's just say 15 to 20% body fat, uh, somewhere in there, like that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good standard for guys to hold. Not that body fat is a, a major you know, thing that we really have to pay attention to, but a guy like, like a JT is like you said, a little bit more relate, uh, relatable to us. And I would say even, you know, having a little bit more poundage on him would be a, a, a pretty good thing for guys to, to look, to, you know, base their own physical appearance, physical size on. Yeah. Sure. Jeff, you know, we've talked about off air. Obviously, we focus a lot on the mental game here on the train. And uh, we've talked about this before that I actually think there's a mental side to priming our bodies. Obviously, you're on the fitness side of the game. And I think we made a video earlier this year, something I realized, which is commitment is so key, right? It's better to commit to a shot that's the wrong shot then commit to, or not commit, right, to the right shot. And I realized that it's so much easier to commit and just rip at it, not necessarily swing out of our shoes or play aggressively, but just like rip at the ball, right, um, with a warm body than a cold body. And, you know, Cermak makes fun of me because I live in L.A. now and I've lost all of my hard Grit. You know, side that St. Louis Winters taught me. Yeah, you've lost it all. And... So, you know, if I go and it's 50 degrees, 55 degrees, it feels cold, mm -hmm. right? And I've noticed that in those first, you know, let's say eight holes before it starts warming up, I've, I am so tentative. It is hard to commit, right? And a lot of people don't have the time to do a full warm up or the range is closed. And so I just want to get your take on the connection there between physical and mental and also maybe some quick keys that you can do if you don't have a lot of time, but you want to warm up a little bit before you tee off. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a huge piece that, that most of the regular golfing population misses 
is just how simply effective that can be. And I'm not talking about doing a 30 minute, you know, laying down on the driving range, kind of a warm up. but you know, like we've got something that we call our, our daily motion routine or, and um, in fact, we've started giving this away for any, anybody that wants it, just go to 18 strong.com slash EFD. We call it EFD for every freaking day. You should do this thing every, every freaking day, but it's like a five to seven minute routine that you can use as a, as just a physical warmup. Um, but we use it as kind of a daily warmup just to make sure the joints are moving, the, the shoulders are moving, the hips, the back, all of those things. Um, but you're right. When you go out there and you, and you feel stiff and your body isn't moving fluidly, first of all, it, it decreases your confidence, right? You were talking about how important it is to commit to a shot. It's hard to commit to a shot when you don't feel like things are moving very well. And so when you go out to the course or you can do some of this at home or in the locker room, but just getting the muscles to wake up a little bit. Um, and this could be as simple as doing this, this little routine or getting a, a rubber band and doing like some, you know, hooking onto something, do some rows and some rotations and you're getting your muscles. You even use the word primed to, to be explosive. Um, so it's not all about just stretching. Stretching is just going to, is almost kind of more in my eyes, kind of a cooling down mechanism. Hmm. Whereas if you get uh, the body moving just dynamically, um, you're getting it ready to go and swing as fast as you possibly can. You know, if things don't feel good, you don't want to swing as fast as you can, or your right. body's going to find compensations because something's a little bit tight or a little bit stuck. And so you could easily shave multiple strokes off of a round. Think of how many, how many bad shots you make in those first couple of holes because you feel a little off or how many breakfast balls you want to hit because you know, you're just not ready. And so I think there's the physical component, but then the mental component of just, man, I'm not where I know I need to be. And then once you get to that fifth hole, sixth hole, whatever, you start to feel loose, you start to feel confident. You feel like you're getting your groove. And I, I don't think it's a, it's, it's not uh, coincidental that those, those things align. Jeff, I always felt like getting a little sweat before the round can be huge, right? Yeah. 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 Especially if you know that you're going out and playing, you know, like it is getting cold here in St. Louis. Uh, you know, it's today's oh. a little strange. It was 60 degrees when I woke up, but by the end of the day, I think it's going to be in the high thirties. Right. And you know, if you're going out to the golf course and you know, it's going to be freezing cold to get a little bit of that heat, get your blood flowing through the system. It's going to get me. I mean, even your fingers, your hands, you know, get all that stuff working. So you can, you can feel like you're ready to go just like you would for any other sport. I mean, what sure. would you ever go to go try to play soccer or baseball and, and like not do any kind of a warm up and just go out there and start taking rips? Not really. Yeah. Jeff, I, this has nothing really to do with golf, but I'm curious as someone who does fitness, um, I actually forget the terminology, so I'm going to need you to fill in the blanks. Um, but I learned from, I think from my fiance that I've noticed, cause I do a lot of, um, my things that I like to do is I, I jump rope, not enough as I'd like to, honestly, I've never really been a huge cardio guy. It's always mm -hmm. been challenging for me. Um, but I love yoga, Pilates, TRX, cause those things, TRX helps me still feel like an athlete. Um, but yoga and Pilates is kind of my way to have like my mindfulness stuff with fitness. And I also know that's probably better for me for golf, which we can get into than weight training, which I used to do in high school, which I don't really do anymore. Um, but I've noticed the first five minutes of my workouts feel harder than my last five minutes a lot of times. And I don't, I forget if it's like anabolic versus something else of like, our body needs to transition between an active state or a static state and more active state. And once our bodies realize, oh, wow, we're like doing something, it can shift in another state and actually easier. Can you help explain? Am I, I'm not doing a great job explaining it, but can you help people understand how that works? Well, I'm not sure I know the exact terminology you're looking for. Anabolic, anabolic and catabolic are the, the two words that you were maybe thinking of. And that okay. has to do with like um, breaking down muscle and, and muscle building. So that's kind of the, the states that you hit you okay. know, after your workout, you're in more of the, the catabolic. And, and then like when you're sleeping, you're in the anabolic state when you're kind of re recouping, repairing all of those things. Um, but I think of it, just, just think of it like inertia, you know, like just trying to, if there's a, a car in the parking lot and you got to move the car and to, to get 
that car moving is just like you kind of starting your workout. Mm. Um, and so your body is cold. Your, your muscles are cold. They're, they're more rigid. Um, the, the blood hasn't been flowing. So the, the blood flow literally warms up our body too. So mm. those first, and this is why it's so important to do some sort of a little warm up before you do uh, a training program too. And again, it doesn't have to be a full blown 30, 45 minutes or anything like that, but even to do like some light sets of whatever your intended exercise is. So if I have a guy in here, that's going to be doing some squats or some presses or some pull-ups or, or whatever that might be, we're going to run through a couple really either light weight versions of that, or even assisted versions. Like if it's a pull-up, we'll do some pull-downs. It's not nearly as heavy as him lifting his body weight. And it's to get those muscles first, kind of feeling the grooves of those movements, but also to kind of wake them up, you know, almost turn on the, the, the switch and get the, the central nervous system activated. And that's part of it too, is just like turning things on. Because if you just go from a, a, a dead state and then you go and you try to squat, you know, whatever it is, or, or do anything, any kind of a, a resisted exercise, your body's just not ready for it. And so there's many times where you'll do an exercise, say I'll have a guy in here and he'll be like, man, the second set was way easier than the first set. Even though we added a little weight, he's like, why is that? Yeah. Part of it is the, the loosening up factor, the warming up factor. Part of it is also just the brain body connection saying like, oh, I get it. We're, we're actually, like you said, we're actually doing this now. Like this is actually the, the intended motion. It's almost like going out to the range and you hit that first little chip and you're like, Ooh, that, that feels yeah. a little rough today, but then you hit a couple of them and you're like, oh, okay, now I, I feel the groove. I, I feel it again. And yeah. I think the two are very, very parallel to each other. Well, from yeah. the mental side, I think that's important for people to remember, right? So you can't carry the expectation of playing like you do on 14 on one and two, right? So how can you manage your state and either warm up or two? lower expectations and play shots that you know are maybe a little bit more abbreviated, um, less club off the tee, things to just kind of get the ball and play, ease into the round. Matt Kuchar had told Scott Langley, who we've had on the show, that we've said many times, he does a, um, he plays the first four holes to the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. Even if he has a wedge in his hand on the first four holes, he'll aim in the middle of the green to kind of gauge where his misses are in game time and then he uses the rest of his round to kind of respond to those first four holes. So I think that's a good thing to remember. Like, think about workouts. Golf's the same. Like, it takes us a little time to get going. And real quick, Jeff, you said something in another interview where you said strength is more important than flexibility. And I'd love for you to expand on that for people. Yeah. Um, so to, to me, strength is, as we like to say, the, the mother of all athletic qualities. So if we, if we can improve strength, we're going to improve really any athletic endeavor. And you were mentioning doing yoga and Pilates and, and kind of getting away from some of the resistance and, and weight training. And I would say that that's the bulk of what I have golfers do is the resistance training. But people sometimes get scared when they hear that and think barbells and, you know, I even mentioned pull-ups and things like that, which are things that we do but not with everybody. It depends on the person. It depends on their level. It depends, depends on, you know, what they're capable of. When I think of resistance, I think of what's your ability right now and how can we create some resistance then that's going to make you a little bit stronger the next go around. So that could be something with bands that could be body weight. That could be so like Pilates, there's a lot of resistance in Pilates, right? Like you're working on, on strengthening different areas, even in yoga, even though it's a, more of a, of a stretching kind of a movement, there's positions that you're in and you're like, I got to be strong to hold this position. So oh, yeah. I don't want people to think that, you know, obviously our, our name is 18 strong. So strength is, is a big factor for what we like to, to preach, but I don't want people to think that it's all barbells and dumbbells and things like that. Now, with that being said, if resistance training is done well, you can get the best of both worlds. You can, you can get the, the strength through the motion. And really that's what I'm looking for when we're doing a press or we have somebody doing some sort of a split squat with some dumbbells, we're working on improving their range of motion if they need improvement there or maintaining good quality range of motion and now just making them stronger through that motion. So the body, the body become susceptible to injuries when it can't handle whatever stress is being put on it, whether that be in the golf swing, whether that being to bend over and pick something up, you hurt your back, 
whether that be throwing a baseball or a wiffle ball and your elbow hurts, injury happens when, when your body can't handle whatever stress you're putting on it. And so our thought process is let's control the stress in end ranges of motion through full ranges of motion. So your body's able to handle what it, what it couldn't handle yesterday. So you're a little bit more resilient when you go into, go into your next workout, your next round of golf, your next, whatever you're doing with your, your kids, your family, because to us, again, we talked about, you guys talk to the regular golfer. We talked to the regular golfer while we all love to work out for golf, or we'd love to practice for golf. There's a lot of other things that can knock us out of our golf game that we have to be prepared for too, physically, mentally. And I think it all ties together. Jeff, when I, when I was growing up playing, I started working out in like seventh grade and high school and then college, we were, you know, big time workout routines. I always approached the idea of working out to become a better player all in the goal to have great physical stamina, stamina, so I could have more mental stamina, clear decisions, clear mind, more committed athletic swings, especially later in the rounds. Talk about how you maybe talk about that concept. If, I, if, I, if I'm on the right track. And, and really how you blend cardio efforts with strength. Yeah, I think that, first of all, as a, if that was your thought process as you were growing up as a player, like you were way ahead. You were way, way ahead of me back in, in those days, right? Um, but I, I think there's so much truth to it because if, you're, if your body is, I don't even know if I want to use the term breaking down at the end of a round. I mean, you know, I'm 43. I don't know how, how old you guys are, but I doubt that you get to the 17th hole and you're like, Oh, I can barely finish this. You know, like that's sure. not really a factor, but, but the physical toll is real. And and the more physically exhausted you are, or just tired you are, if you're, if you're hauling your, you know, you're hoofing your bag, you're walking 18 or you're doing it for multiple days, that all adds up. Right. And that does start to drain your mental capacity as well. And we've all been there where, you know, you feel like you're just making lazy swings and you're making bad decisions. And, and it, that could be partially because fitness wise, you, you aren't in great shape. That could be because I mean, shoot, just your nutrition was off that day or your nutrition has been off for months or years. Um, all of these things play into it. It's, it's the combination of your physical efforts, your in the gym, your skill efforts, your nutrition efforts, all of those things come into play. And some of the simple fixes that, that we recommend first, even before, you know, somebody will ask us for our advice. And before we jump into exercise or those kind of things, it's hydration. How, how well are you hydrating for your round? And that's not just in the summertime. That's also, you know, when it gets cold out, we tend to hydrate less. So there's a lot more of dehydration that actually happens during the wintertime because we just stop drinking as much water because we don't feel the need to. So hydration, you know, what did you eat for breakfast? What are you eating on the course or not eating on the course? What did you do last night? We were just on a big guys trip down to Sweetens Cove last week. And I'll tell you that we did not hide. Well, we hydrated in one way uh, really well on Wednesday night, um, but it didn't involve <laughs> a lot of H2O and electrolytes and those kind of things. And so the next day, I mean, we had some guys that were struggling, right? And it's because we didn't plan and, and do things accordingly that were going to set us up for the most success on the course. And so I think your, your workouts come into play there, your nutrition does. And from a workout standpoint, what do we do? I think was also your question just regarding the cardiovascular and things like that. Yeah. I'm a big believer that most, most of us need some sort of resistance training. Um, I'd like to throw in some sort of high intensity exercise here and there. Um, Evan, you mentioned doing the jump rope. I think that's a, a fantastic way to do it. Um, too many people just get on a treadmill or, or go jogging or, you know, just sit on a bike for long periods of time. I'm a big fan of do something hard and fast, then rest hard and fast, then rest. You're going to get your, your lungs with you. You're going to get the, the cardiovascular benefits. And ultimately that's a little bit more like what you're going to do on the golf course too. You're going to swing as hard as you can, and then you're going to walk for a little bit. You're going to swing as hard as you can. And so it, it mimics golf a little bit more and is a little bit more, um, there's a little bit, excuse me, a little better transition over to your actual golf game that way. Yeah, Jeff, you mentioned hydration, right? And Tom Brady talks a lot about this. Um, I would love for you to help people. That was great timing. Jeff just took a sip of uh, his water for those that's not on video. Um, Help people understand, we've all heard it, right? We all know it. Um, what does a dehydrated body lack 
that a hydrated body can do better. Help people understand what a hydrated body actually means and can lead to, especially in golf. Yeah, obviously when we think hydration, most most of us think we just need to drink a lot of water, right? But when you, let's just take the summertime, when you're out there, you're playing in the heat, especially um, you guys know here in St. Louis, hot, humid. I mean, you can just be drenched. And mm -hmm. you're not just losing water when you're out there, you're losing the salt, you're losing the minerals um, that your body needs magnesium, you know, potassium, all of these things that your body needs to, to make sure that your muscles stay active um, and, and are able to perform the way that they need to. And so sometimes when, when you lack that hydration or you're sweating a lot of that out, or you're just not getting these different minimal minerals um, and the actual water, your, your cells aren't able to work as well as they can. I mean, everything in our body is based on water pretty much you know we're primarily made out of water and so you're you can end up getting cramps you can end up you know tearing muscles or tweaking muscles um or you end up just getting fatigue both in the muscles but also mentally i mean a lot of a lot of mistakes are made because of lack of, of hydration and nutrition, like we talked about before. So if you're not getting those things in and not replenishing, so we, we preach using electrolytes a lot. Um, there's a lot of different products out there. Uh, you know, there's always Gatorades and Powerades and those kinds of stuff in the pro shop, but those are to, to me, those are kind of on the lower end of quality when it comes to getting yourself hydrated in a pinch. Like if you're out on a golf course and, and you need something, First of all, if you feel like you, you need it, you're already kind of past being dehydrated. Um, but it's better to get something than nothing. Um, there's a lot of great products. We use the Live Pure products. We use, uh, I've used those noon tablets. Um, there's a lot of different products out there that you can just put in your water bottle and it's just going to help replenish those electrolytes and, and help kind of restore the things that you've lost in those, you know, hot, muggy days. Well, Jeff, that's, that's interesting too, because always the great debate when you're playing is too much Gatorade, too much water, not enough water, not enough Gatorade. I guess if those are, you know, those are your two options. You don't have the noon tablets, for example, what it, should the balance be? I'm kind of a half and half guy. Uh, you know, if I'm out there, I, I, I'll get a Gatorade and I'll usually like mix it with, you know, just pour it in my cup and just keep filling water in it throughout the round. Um, that's just, that's a simple fix. Um, I don't know, you know, if it's one day, it's not, it's not a big deal. Go for the Gatorade. Right. Sure. But there's, there's just a lot of sugars. There's a lot of preservatives. There's a lot of different you know, dyes and things like that. And so there's better choices. And if you are just a little bit prepared, you think a little bit ahead of time, especially if you're going on like a, a golf trip, like, like we did this past weekend, and you know that you're going to have a couple days of playing golf, you're probably going to have some terrible food. You're going to have a lot of drinks, those kind of things. Those things can be game game changers. Uh, first of all, just for how you feel in the morning, you know, hangover wise, that kind of thing. Uh, right. But when you get back out on the course, you know, not feeling like you're totally run down, it's, it, it really is amazing. Here, little trick for, for everybody out there, all the guys on the boys trips and stuff, get some electrolytes. I'm going to, I'm going to plug our live pure, uh, livepure.com, Dr. Troy Van Beesen. Um, but it. get some of that stuff and take it, take one of those packets before you go to bed the night before you're getting ready to play. So after you've had your, your cocktails, you're out to dinner, whatever, you know, when you go out to eat, you're typically eating a lot, getting a lot of salty foods and stuff like that. So you end up waking up, not feeling great, but if you 16 ounces of water or whatever, pour, pour some electrolytes into that pound that then do it again in the morning. Um, you're, you're going to feel way better than if you hadn't. Jeff, I want to talk about the whoop for a second. I know Cermak wanted to dig into this as well. Yeah. Um, I actually experienced some confusing stuff, which ended up leading me to kind of getting rid of mine. Um, so I thought this would be a great time to kind of dig into that a little bit for anyone that's that has one or has thought about getting one. And we're not sponsored by them. I'm I just genuinely am curious, and I see a lot of PGA Tour pros wearing them. So. Um, and I've seen you wear them before as well. So um, I noticed that, like I said, I don't do a ton of cardio, right? And so for me, I would do like an hour and 15 minute crazy intense. I know some people may scoff at this, but yoga class or an hour long TRX class where I'm literally like, I'm dreading the next set. 
like I'm feeling like I'm going to throw up, I pushed myself, right? And I would look at the differences of my strain of one of those days to leisurely walking 18 holes. Now, I know that one is one hour and one is four hours, but I see how many calories have burned and the strain I had in a golf round, which felt very leisurely and not as much exercise at all, versus something where I really pushed myself and I didn't see the strain in there. So I was like, well, I don't know what to believe. And I thought it was valuable with sleep. I like seeing how much I'm awake. I like seeing the quality of my sleep. But I just wanted, I, th- I think it's interesting for golfers to understand because we see how much, how many calories we burn. Yet you can also see guys that walk 18 holes every day on tour that have huge bellies. Now, obviously, and diet's a huge part of that. But I just was curious if you could walk us through the differences there a little bit from the Whoop perspective. Yeah. So we, we actually had, um, Will Ahmed, the, the founder of whoop on our show a while back. And, um, and he went into a, a lot of the different metrics and everything. And it was, it was great to talk to him about that. And and that was something that I noticed too, Evan was, you know, like if, if I was doing, um, uh, like a, a very intense workout, you know, maybe doing some heavier weight than, than I normally would, or like really kind of dragging after, after a workout, um, it wouldn't produce as much strain as I, as I thought it would. Um, what, what I understand is that first the cardiovascular piece of, of what it's tracking, the HRV is first of all, it's over the course of 24 hours. So when you look at your strain level, it's not just looking at your workouts. I mean, you can track your, your activities and everything. Um, but I think what most people don't understand is that most of our strain and activity levels and, and caloric burning, even though we have this intense window of, of exercise, that most of it happens in the rest of our day, right? Just because our, our bodies have to burn calories and our bodies are working constantly for every minute that we're alive. And so the, the caloric burn, the strain levels, the different things are all being tracked over the course of those 24 hours. There's also some other factors that come into that as far as just strain on the body. And that can be, you know, that can be alcohol, that can be nutrition. And so it, when I would look from day to day and say, oh, well, I had a really hard workout yesterday, but, but today my strain level is a lot higher. And then I, you'd have to kind of go back through the day and figure out, well, oh, I was, I was on the, the gym floor for eight hours today working with clients. And then I went to my son's soccer game and then uh, I was at his practice, you know? And, and so it was like, even though I didn't do a super hard workout today, my strain level was way more. And I did notice that when, when playing golf, it's kind of amazing how playing golf, walking, um, even taking taking your swings, that would register very, very high on the strain strain level, which kind of took me by surprise. But um, the this like the strength training workouts, they don't register nearly as much, I think, because they don't have nearly as much of an effect on the cardiovascular piece in the moment. Hmm. And and that's where you know if you were to go and do like a, a high intensity interval workout, or you did get on the treadmill and, and run, that's going to be a different level of strain because you're getting that cardiovascular and, the, and that pulmonary efforts. Right. And, and so I think that's where, that's where the difference really lies. Uh, but also knowing that that strain is for lo- basically for the longevity of the day too. All right. A quick word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get you right back to the show. Guys, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you took advantage of all the Black Friday deals. I hope you got yourself and some loved ones, some good stuff. But sometimes Black Friday sales go by, you didn't get everything you wanted, you weren't even sure what you wanted, and now you got the holidays coming up. Well, good news, guys. Through our friends at Sticks Golf, the Black Friday Cyber Monday deal, we are getting an exclusive code that is even better than their deal through Christmas, and it's for Sticks Golf Clubs. And it's not just a full set. You could get driver, you could get woods, you could get wedges, you could get a six iron set, you could get the full set with head covers, putter, bag wedges for under a thousand bucks. Let me give you guys some context. I used to work at one of the biggest club manufacturers in the world, and I kind of know what goes on behind the scenes. And look, I have a full set of that brand that I worked for. It's fully custom. I've got extra stiff shafts. I love to tinker. I love to understand the new technology. I love getting the new stuff, okay? And if you're one of those people and you like to spend a lot of money on your golf clubs, then this probably isn't for you. 
But if you're newer to the game or you kind of have hand-me-down clubs and you want to get more serious but you don't want to spend three-plus-thousand-dollars for golf clubs or for a friend, I get it. It's understandable. And Sticks Golf Clubs makes performing, minimalistic, super sick-looking clubs for an entire set for almost as much money as one brand-new driver, custom driver. You can get brand new drivers for like 800 bucks these days. It's 600 stock. And then if you get a new shaft or whatever, you start adding that up, you're pretty close to 800 bucks, which is crazy, right? You can get a full bag of clubs, 14 clubs for under that. And guess what? Our code, PARTRAIN21BF, PARTRAIN21BF, stands for Black Friday 2021, gets you 26% off. Okay, so just do the math. If you can get a set for 900 bucks, something, take off 26% of that, that's an unbelievable deal. Now, I have talked to many of you. We've already sold tens of thousands of dollars worth of stick stuff. So I'm super excited that all you guys are, are enjoying the new clubs. But we've gotten some questions too, and I wanted to use this ad read to address them. Some people were wondering, why are sticks golf clubs so cheap? Are they good? Right? Well, let's address the price point first. Remember companies like Dollar Shave Club and Harry's and all these direct-to-consumer brands that are cutting out the middleman? Well, Sticks Golf Clubs are doing that for golf. They're manufactured by an established OEM that makes components for many of the big brands that you buy from. And they feel and perform as good as they look. They're matte black clubs, super simple, minimalistic design. And are they good? That's the next question we get. Well, I have a set. I got a set for my fiance. She loves them. And I've hit them many times. And every time I hit them, I sometimes ask myself, hmm, interesting. I got custom fitted and custom extra stiff shafts. And I just get a sticks regular uh, stiff shaft and I'm puring them like crazy. So um, on one hand, it made me question, do I need all of the custom stuff? You know, and on the other hand, I was blown away that they perform as good really as they look. The other question that people ask us is, what happens if I don't like the clubs? Luckily for you, through Christmas, if you buy clubs from now until December 31st, really until New Year's Eve, I guess, um, the Sticks Golf Online Store uh, is extending their return policy through January 31st. So you'll have a month, depending on when you buy them, to test them, try them, and return them if you don't like them. So no risk there. So Go to sticks.golf. There's no.com. It's sticks.golf. And check out all the different sets and enter the code PARTRAIN21BF. PARTRAIN21BF. That'll get you 26% off. Is there really a better gift than new golf clubs, whether it's just a couple wedges or a full bag? So help people get into the game. Give them a set they're going to love. All right, let's get back to the show. Think a lot what the tour players like is seeing where their heart rate at is at, especially in pressure situations, right. And being able to monitor that and ultimately control that to perform better in high pressure situations. Um, and oftentimes in high pressure situations, you don't, we don't, and we feel it, there's tension. We don't make a big enough turn going back. Right. We let our arms and hands take over. So how important tell the listeners about hip mobility and about, you know, upper back, you know, flexibility because the tension is going to happen. The pressure, the pressure swing is going to happen. And that's, that's usually the effect. So I think there's a dynamic there that I think is interesting. Yeah. To, to touch back on, on, you know, the heart rate and, and the tour players using it, I think that, you know, so it measures what's, what's called your heart rate variability, which really is being measured when we're, when we're sleeping, it does have the active heart rate, which we kind of saw on the Ryder cup, which I thought was awesome when they had the live heart rate going yeah. on, on the different guys and, and cool to see that, Hey, their heart rate is jacked up just like the rest of us. Um, but then I think, you know, you see like how they can kind of bring it back down after that first tee ball or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, you see that yeah, nerves are normal and, and we're all going to experience that. Um, I think that probably the biggest benefit that these guys see from, from the whoop is being able to see how well recovered they are and almost kind of plan out their week to, okay, on Thursday, I need to know that I am, I'm ready to go. So, you know, something that I noticed when, when I was using it, I, I haven't been using it recently. I was having some technical issues with mine and have just haven't tried to restore it, but, um, 
you know, I noticed that if I ate late at night or if I had even a, a drink or two, um, you know, like especially the later in the evening, that really affected how you felt the next day. And I remember hearing Rory talk about that on a podcast that and he noticed like he'd always go out to dinner the night before playing and have a, a glass or two of wine. And he noticed that that was really impacting his scores in the morning. And so it gives them the ability to say like, OK, Sunday through Sunday, you know, what can and can't I do to make sure that I'm ready to perform Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday, Sunday. And so some of these guys probably figured like, hey, maybe my workouts were a little too a little too intense. Maybe, um, you know, me going out and, and eating dinner out, you know, not preparing meals at the house or whatever, those were having an impact on, on my recovery scores waking up. So I think that that, and for me, that was a really valuable piece. It was almost like a little bit of an accountability piece where you knew the right things to do, but then once you have a score that tells you like, oh yeah, that, that meal last night or whatever, that was a bad idea. Um, but back to your, your, Second question about the, the hip mobility, the thoracic spine. I look at those as kind of the big pieces of, of a golf. First of all, where, where most guys struggle is the hip, the, you know, I'm sorry, the, the shoulder turn, you know, which, which really comes a lot from the, the thoracic spine. Most people think that the, their low back, and we have so many people that have back issues and, and back pain, and they think that it's because their, their low back isn't turning properly. Well, it's really because either our hips aren't working properly and allowing our, our, bo our body to turn the way it's supposed to, or our trunk, you know, upper body rotation isn't, isn't turning as well, or even our, our shoulders possibly. And you're right. When you get tense, when you, when you're in those situations, we do tend to, to tighten up and, and not allow our bodies to go through those full ranges or, or create that, that nice, pretty swing that we normally have. And I think that's where it's important for us to, to try to maximize those things when we are in, in ideal situations. That's why we train those things so much. And we make sure that every one of our programs, we have guys working on those things. And those are two of the bigger pieces that we look at, you know, how well can you rotate at the upper back? How well can you rotate on each hip right and left uh, to let you either kind of sink into your backswing and, and get your full follow through? Because if those things aren't working in a, in an ideal setting, they're definitely not going to be working when you're under the gun under pressure. Totally. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Closing the loop on the whoop. I actually was blown away when my buddy showed me his data after just one or two drinks of alcohol. It changed the whole way I view alcohol that his heart worked 25 to sometimes 40% harder overnight mm -hmm. just by having to process alcohol. And I was like, holy shit. After one or two drinks, imagine what it's doing after eight. Yeah. You know, and I don't drink as much as I used to, um, partly because I just don't love the, it's not worth it to me the next day, but that's the type of stuff that I'm like, wow, that's, that's interesting to me. So if anyone's interested in that, I would highly recommend it. Um, but the, the other thing that's interesting to me, Jeff, about all this is like, you know, again, we talk about the everyday golfer. They might hear this and think, well, Rory, of course, is going to be thinking about optimizing his routine, right? Guy's got millions on the line every day. It's what he does, right? And I've noticed even in myself, I'm a six handicap, but I've even shied away from doing golf specific routines, right? Because I think our ego, it's easy for our ego to be like, well, who are you? Like, you know, who, who, what do you think you're going to get out of your, your game? You think you're going to become a scratch because I optimize a fitness routine for it, right? But the funny twist, though, of that is I, I love doing routines that I think don't hinder my ability of playing golf. So I always have it in the back of my mind. And that's why I think this stuff is so interesting. And I'm sure you experience this all the time of maybe people resisting um, doing routines for their golf game, but also not wanting to hurt it. So what's that balance and help people maybe uh, take people behind the curtain of what you help people with on that side? One of the things that we talk about a lot here is, is the idea of, um, well, first of all, not doing anything, not, not putting any effort into your physical ability, because we all know any, 
if you get your body moving better, feeling better, stronger, it's going to help you no matter what. We, we, we say a lot, but we're like, okay, is your, is your body currently an asset to your golf game or is your body a liability to your golf game? Because I think a lot of guys could categorize themselves at least in different pieces in one way or the other. Oh, I got a, I got a bad knee. You know, that's, that's a liability or, Hey, I'm, I'm a little stronger than I was last year. Obviously that's going to be an asset. And so that's really how I like to approach it. It, when, when people come to see me or when we're talking about, you know, all of this stuff, it's like, it doesn't have to be so quote unquote golf specific. In fact, I think that sometimes people take that way too literal and they, we call it getting too golfish because then everything has to look like a golf swing. Everything has to be a rotation exercise. Everything has to, to be geared towards, you know, is this going to help my, my swing speed or is this going to help me come more from the inside, inside out? And it's like, to me, that stuff is less important than you just getting stronger, being able to move all the pieces that need to move to be able to create the swing that you want, or try to do the thing that you're trying to, the move you're trying to make with your golf pro or, or whatever, you know, like let's make sure your shoulders move well. Like we talked about before, your hips, your upper back, your neck, do all of those things move well? If so, then your body's going to be able to create those movements when you're working on your skills. And I, I feel like skills, skill work and the fitness stuff really should be, should not be happening at the same time in the gym. If you're, if you're going into the gym, work on getting stronger, work on, on building your body, work on turning it into an asset and then take that and then go and practice and work on those skill related things. But if you're in here in the gym, you know, rotating with a cable and trying to mimic your hand positions and things like that, it's impossible to, to recreate a golf swing with a dumbbell, a kettlebell. So people go too far to that side. Um, and so I think that we are much more in the, the sense of like, let's, let's treat you like an athlete. I don't see, Patrick Mahomes, you know, getting a rubber band and pretending like he's throwing footballs, right? He may, may do that. I just haven't seen it. But I think in other sports, we tend to work more on the athlete. So we, we like to say train the golfer, not the swing. So work on the golfer, work on their body, work on their capabilities, and then they work on the swings and the shots when they get out on the course. And Jeff, do you, you guys put a program together for your students and are you in touch with a lot of um, their coaches, golf swing coaches or or how do you, you know, make sure you understand what, what they're working on from a mechanic standpoint in their golf swing so you, know, you can best you know, give them the tools physically to, uh, to perform? Yeah, for, for anybody that I'm, because I still work with a lot of golfers here in St. Louis, a lot of, um, you know, really all levels from high level, high school amateurs to the country club guys to uh, I've got a guy on, on the PGA Tour right now. And um, so I'm in, in touch. Anybody that has a swing coach that comes to me, I, I try to get in touch with, with that coach. If I don't already, already know them, I try to get in touch with them and just say, hey, you know, I'm working with so-and-so and just want to see if there's anything specific you guys are working on. Um, and, and Evan, back to your, what you said before about not hindering their, their game, not hindering what they're doing or trying to do out on the golf course. That is always in the forefront of my mind is – you know, we're not going to bring them in here and do a bodybuilding style program if I know that that's going to hinder their ability to move the way that they need to move. And so I think that's one of the, the things that people are drawn to is first, just my background of being a physical therapist before anything, and then, you know, getting into the fitness side of golf um, and knowing that, okay, as a golfer, we need to do these certain things. I want to get you strong. If you want to, if your goal is to lose weight, we're going to help you lose weight. But but everybody that comes to me now, they're a golfer. So they want to make sure that it does, it's not going to hurt what they're doing out on the course. So we make sure that there's a benefit of we're going to do the, we're going to get you in shape and we're going to help you play better golf because all of those things come together. Well, Jeff, and that's the other thing too, is everybody sometimes, including myself, worried about being sore out on the course. Right. And it sometimes either it gets you away from the gym. So talk about that too, and how you, you really focus on training your players not so they're not overly sore on the course but also getting stronger it's a good question yeah yeah a lot of soreness happens when you first start a new program too um and so it depends on who the golfer is the level of the golfer what their intentions are if it's just um 
if it's just Joe Blow and he's just playing his regular game, it's like, can you afford to be a little sore this week? Like, is it really going to impact your year? You're not making on the money list because, you know, you, your legs were a little sore. Um, and so then it's kind of like, let's depend. It all depends on the person too. But when they come in and they haven't done anything, I'd let them know. I'm like, Hey, the first couple of times, no matter how light we go, no matter how easy we go, you're probably going to have a little bit of soreness. Now, if they have a goal of really getting stronger over the winter time, I'm going to tell them like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to push it a little at the beginning. And just like any other time you've started a workout program back in the day, you're going to get sore the first couple of times you do it. And then it's going to get better. Um, but there's a couple of things that you can do to, to help reduce that as well. Uh, part of that comes with even just nutrition and hydration. Um, the more hydrated you are, the better, the better your body's going to be able to handle it. Um, there's also something called branch chain amino acids, which are, are typically in a lot of like post-workout protein shakes. Um, I'm a big believer in, in using the post-workout shake. Um, first, because most, most people just don't get enough protein throughout in their diet on a regular basis, but then most of them have those branch chain amino acids, and those are going to help reduce some of the soreness as well. And then there's just some other, you know, tips as far as like just moving the body when you are sore movement is probably the best thing. It's, it's what you want to do least. But if you go for a walk or just go do like a little light stretching or something, that's going to help ease that up a little bit too. And then the next time you go into the workout, you're not going to be nearly as sore or the next time you go out to the, to the golf course. Um, and also just, if you have something really important, like if you have a really big golf outing on Thursday, like, Hey, let's, let's not train on Tuesday or Wednesday, or let's not do a big leg day on those two days. Let's do something a little easier, maybe do a little strength training, you know, earlier in the week or save it for Friday after your, your big, big round. Jeff, one of the things we've talked about a lot on this show is from the mental side, there's usually two very simple states that you're either in. You're either in an offensive state or you're in a defensive state. And that doesn't, again, doesn't necessarily mean your offensive doesn't mean aggressive. It just means that you're playing offense. You're thinking about what you're doing and you're saying, okay, let's go get this, right? Let's go hunt or enjoy the hunt, as we like to say sometimes. Um, but a lot of times, most golfers are like, oh, well, I don't want to hit it there. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to do that same miss. I'm trying not to go left. I'm trying not to go right. That's defensive. I've noticed that this is actually very powerful in fitness as well, where I will catch myself, especially in cardio, because that's the thing I've kind of created a story around because I've never really invested the time or practice in it. I played soccer through junior year of high school, but the cardio stuff, the two miles under 12 minutes, like that was like impossible for me, right? I was more of a quick burst sprint guy as a forward. So um, I find that a lot of times I'll go into a workout with like, oh man, like especially jump roping, oh, this is going to be tough. Like, am I going to want to heave over and want to throw up? I hate that feeling, right? Or, oh, maybe I'm like overexerting myself or I felt a little something in my, in my left leg. Maybe I should slow down. Whereas if a simple mindset shift, this is why I love this stuff so much, a simple mindset shift of pain is weakness leaving the body, right? That famous yep. quote, yep. like suddenly... You're playing offense and you look back and you're like, holy shit, I just had one of the best workouts I've ever had. I love David Goggins. I read his stuff. You had Eddie Milet, who's one of my favorites on the show. Talk about that in how you help golfers, but also the mindset of fitness and how that can also benefit you on the course too. Yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite topics too, is um, just that mental approach of of looking at things as a bit of a challenge and being over to being able to overcome a challenge and then, and then like put that in the win category. Right. So when I, when I did have a chance to talk to Ed Milet and had him on the show um, still to this day, my favorite podcast I've ever done. And we talked about, he talks all the time about self-confidence and, and he, he basically says self-confidence is simply your ability to keep your commitments to yourself. And so if you say you're going to go do your jump rope routine, did you do it or didn't you do it? Or did you not do it? And, and if you do it, then celebrate it, you know, not, not go out and party, but like, like 
think to yourself, like, man, that was something that I didn't want to do. And I did it. And it, it, it just kind of builds that confidence a little bit. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And so you start to take on these little challenges that you know are going to kind of suck. But you know that when you got through it, that's something that most other guys wouldn't have done. And that's, that's something that goes back to when I was playing soccer, because uh, I grew up playing soccer too. I can remember a practice that we had. And my coach was Gary Rensing. He was one of the top players to come out of St. Louis. And, you know, I was probably 13 years old, 14 years old, and it's raining outside. <laughs> and it was just gross and miserable. And we're all, we're all hoping Mr. Rensing's going to cancel this practice. And he sees us moping around. He's like, he, he's always smoking a pipe too. You know, I still remember the smell of his pipe to this day, but he calls us all over and, and we're like, oh, sweet practice is over. And he's like, boys, I'm going to tell you something right now. It's shitty out here right now, but I guarantee you that the other team that we're playing on Saturday is not practicing right now. So you guys can either wallow in your little pity party, or you can celebrate the fact that those guys aren't practicing and you are, and you're going to show up more prepared than them. And even as 14 year old kids or whatever, I can remember looking at my buddies and going like, whoa, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, we're going to go destroy these guys this weekend. You know, and it's that, that mm -hmm. little mental shift of, man, the other guy's probably not doing this right now. I'm going to get it done. And uh, I find, you know, just challenging yourself in those regards, whether that be fitness wise, I try to do something kind of physically challenging. It's a little out of the box. Like once a year, I'm doing a, a trail run in, in December, which I'm not totally prepared for, but I, and I know it's going to suck and it's going to like eight miles, 1500 at foot elevation. And it's like, it's going to be a brutally cold, miserable day. Um, but when I'm done with it, I know that it's going to feel awesome that I did it right. Like you go in not yeah. wanting to do it. And then it, it's those little wins that I think if you can carry that over and you can really make that mental shift, like you said, Evan, like that's a, that's a big deal. And if you can take it to the smallest things too, like just those little tasks throughout the day or those, those little practice things or little fitness things or diet wise, I mean, diet, it's huge. And if you can make those little make those little things and pay attention to them. That, that's the other key is pay attention to the fact that you did win that little challenge. That's, that's when you're really starting to make some strides. Jeff, I know we're just about out of time, but are you talking about the bad weather to me growing up and working out and doing those extra tough workouts on certain days, help me on those bad weather days out on the course, the rain, the cold, the wind, because you can relate to the challenge. And I just thought the great example you made, but to golf, soccer, to golf, really helped me in those spring weather college tournaments or high school tournaments when it was just 40 degrees and, you know, and just shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this is kind of cool. It was, uh, I went to the corn Ferry tour finals, um, at Victoria national this past year. Um, so I went to watch, um, my buddy Hayden Buckley. Um, uh, he was, he was in that final round and I remember talking to him the morning of, I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. It must've been Sunday. And it was windy. It was, it was, it was not a great day. It was kind of wet outside. And he's like, I hope it stays just like this. Cause I know a lot of guys don't like to play in this stuff, but I'm ready. And I was like, that's, that's a champion right there. That's a guy who's, who's hoping for bad conditions because he's yep. been there before he's done it and he's ready to do it. And the guys that, that aren't and haven't put that work in, they're going to, they're going to fall. I think there's a good story about Jack kind of saying the same thing. Like if he showed up to a tournament and guys are like, man, those greens are really tough or this or that. He's like, well, checking you off the list of, of being there on Sunday. Yep. Well, Jeff, I know we're out of time. If you guys aren't following Jeff, I'm going to list off a few things. You correct me if there's anywhere else you'd like to send them. Um, at 18 Strong Jeff on Instagram, 18 Strong, um, your company on Instagram. The 18 Strong Golf Fitness app looks awesome. And your podcast, 18 Strong, is great as well. Anything you want to leave people with that you maybe didn't get a chance to say or that you want to harp on so someone has a takeaway before they go into their day? I think the biggest message that we want to put out there is, is just start doing something. You know, it doesn't have to be this grand eight-week fitness program. It doesn't have to be, you know, that you're setting your sights on, you know, gaining 10 miles an hour of swing speed. It could be as simple as, hey, I'm going to start going for a walk every single day. If, if it's something you haven't been doing, you know, our whole thing is the, the stronger we are, the better we play. 
And every single day you can make yourself a little bit stronger in one way, shape or form. You guys are already listening to this show. So mental, like mental game wise, you know, what are the things that you can do to get yourself stronger in the mental game? What are the things that, that you're struggling with that you can do those, those, you know, simple little steps that we talked about that you can start to build that self-confidence that you can commit to and you can do every single day and just kind of keep checking that off the list. So, you know, most of us, you know, a lot of us are in our thirties, forties, fifties, however old you are. And we kind of just settle in and figure like the way that things are going is the way that, that they have to be. But it's like, why, why not try to push yourself a little bit? Why not try to kind of take it to the next level, whatever that means for you. So don't give up, take that little step and, and move forward, get a little stronger every day. Love it. Love it. And if you're really dragging, think about the feeling after, like you said, with your trail yeah. run, right? The feeling after usually helps me get over the, the edge. And that's what and I. And celebrate for. it. Yeah. And, and celebrate, celebrate it. it. Yep. Totally. All right. Well, thanks, Jeff. This was, this was great. Guys, go check out everything Jeff's doing. He's doing great stuff. And get out there and move. Thanks, guys. This was awesome. See you, Jeff. Bye.